Likutei Sichais, Chelek Chafalef, Volume 21, the third Sicha for Parshas Truma. This Sicha will explain the exact placement of the cups, the goblets in the menorah, and also the true and correct, um, the accurate shape of the menorah, and why it's so important. In other words, what difference does it make? Now, as an introduction, we know that the Rambam is a Sefer Halachas. That means the Rambam's work is to tell us Halacha. But it's different than the Shulchan Aruch, because the Shulchan Aruch only speaks about Halachas, laws, that are practical nowadays, meaning that apply nowadays, post the Churban of the Beis HaMikdash. Whereas the Rambam discusses all the Halachas of the Torah, even those that are not currently practiced, and we're waiting for Mashiach to do so. So thus, there are many areas where the Rambam is like the supreme authority on the halachas, especially that nobody argues with him and no one differs with him, which is the case in, in all the men or many of the halachas pertaining to the Beis HaMikdash and so, because the Rambam is the only one who took the time, so to speak, made the effort to share with us all the halachas in detail. Now, the Rambam himself, of course, doesn't have almost no diagrams or such in his work, the Sefer Mishnah Torah, or as we know it, the Yad HaChazaka. However, we do have a few diagrams from the Rambam, and one most famous one, and one that really uh, connects and pertains to this Sicha, the one that he took the time, the effort, to describe what the Menorah looked like. And this actually is authenticated by his son, Rabbi Avram ben, Ma- ben Moshe, that is the son of the Rambam, who writes clearly, as we'll see in the Sicha, that this is my father's handwriting, and this is an exact description according to my father's opinion. Another thing to familiarize ourselves with, in general, when one performs a mitzvah, one needs to hold the item with which he's doing the mitzvah, hold it what's called bederach gidilasam, in the normal manner as how they grow. For example, using, uh, performing the mitzvah of the Dalad Minin, a lulav, an esrik, you put it together. You can't hold a lulav upside down. If you hold it upside down, you haven't performed the mitzvah. You have to have the bottom, meaning the part that's typically attached to the tree, and the bottom, and the open part on top, the same as with the esrik. And likewise, in all mitzvahs, you do it typically in the manner in which it grows, the, tip, the normal, natural manner. Another thing to familiarize ourselves with is, are the windows in the Beis HaMikdash. If anybody's ever been to Yerushalayim, you have a better idea of what I'm, what, I, what I'm talking about. If you've been, for example, you've seen the walls around Jerusalem or in the Tower of David, you see that the windows, the way they were, uh, the way they were constructed was in a manner that you had a crack in the wall and then it spread. In other words, the walls were very, very thick. And then the, it would spread on a slant, thus allowing for the light that pours in through that crack to now spread to the rest of the room and provide light. This is typical for the way walls were built in that era. However, in the base of Mikdash, they built the same type of window, but it was turned around. The crack was on the inside and the wall was narrowed out and spread towards the outside. Thus, as we'll see in the Sicha, but the famous line is symbolizing that Hashem 
in the Beis HaMikdash doesn't need the light from the outside, but rather it's there to take the light from the inside and spread it towards the outside world. Let's get into the Sikha. In, in, in regards to the exact description, the exact depiction of the cups, the goblets on the Menorah, says the Gemara, quote, what are they similar to? Like Alexandrian goblets. And in the Pirusha Mishnayis, the Ramam has a commentary on the Mishnayis, the Ramam explains that what does this mean? What are these Alexandrian goblets? That the bottom, the Shulayim, were narrow, whereas the top were wide. So you have like a, very, a cup which is narrow on the bottom, like a kind of flute, but it's wide on the top. Almost like the way he he depicts it in his um, diagram, like a triangle almost. And not only that, but in halacha, meaning in the Sefer Hayat or the Mishnah Torah, he writes, "Quote: Hagvim doimim lekoises Alexandria." The cups were similar to the Alexandrian goblets. Shepihen rachav that their mouth, meaning their opening, was very wide. Vishuleim kotzar and their uh, bottom there was very narrow. Now, <clears throat> we find, however, something perhaps a little odd. When you look at that diagram that the Rambam left behind, and like I said, is authenticated, you see that there's a very interesting thing. All these goblets on the menorah, on the stems of the menorah, are upside down. Meaning, the narrow part of the goblet, the quote, bottom of the goblet, is on top, and the wide part, the opening of the goblet, what would be the opening of the cup, is on the bottom. Now, knowing that the Rambam was very precise, and especially if you think about it, that he took the time to ensure that we have a correct depiction of the Menorah, so we must say that this wasn't just you know, an oversight or some kind of mistake. This can't be. Now, the fact that you can argue, well, look, he did make a triangle, and it's obvious that a cup like that cannot have a point. Otherwise, how would it stand? How can you place it on the table? Because that's obvious that in the, in, the, in the picture, he wasn't making an actual picture, an actual full, precise diagram, just giving us a general idea of what it looked like. But giving us a general idea, and yet every single one of those cups are upside down, is very telling. That means he tells us that this is something that is part of the design of the Menorah, that these cups that are shaped in this manner, yet they are upside down. Says the Rebbe, this leads us to the conclusion that indeed this is exactly the way it was. That according to the Rambam, that's the exact placement of it. That the wide part of the cups, meaning the opening of the cups, were, up, were, down, were facing downward, and whereas the narrow part was up on the top. The question is, why? What is the significance of this? Especially considering that, let's say, when it came to the boards of the Mishkan, we know that they had to be standing, meaning they had to be erected upright in a manner that they grow. That means the boards were shaped from trees that grew, right? That's how they made the boards. So the boards couldn't be put upside down. The bottom part, meaning the part that was closest to the ground, had to be the part that originally was at the root of the tree, whereas as it went higher and higher, that would be the top of the tree. And if it would be upside down, it wouldn't have been kosher. And by the way, from there is where we learn that likewise, when it comes to all other mitzvahs, the way to perform the mitzvah, the correct way, 
is derech gidilasam in the manner that which they grow. So the question is, why over here would they be upside down? Says the Rebbe, when we take a look at the general purpose, the general objective, so to speak, of what the Menoida was, what purpose it was supposed to serve, we'll get a better appreciation of this. The, in the Chazal tell us, quote, Does Hashem need its light? In other words, what is the purpose of lighting the Menoida? Say the Chazal, Ella, rather, what's the reason why the Menoida was kindled every night? This was a testimony for all the people in the world that the Shechina dwells amongst the Yidin. And indeed, this is the reason, as we said in the introduction, why the windows in the Beis HaMikdash were constructed in a backwards manner. Why? To, 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 um, to emphasize, to indicate, or to symbolize that the light from the outside is not what's needed inside. Hashem doesn't need any agents to illuminate His place, His holy place. Rather, this place is here to illuminate the world, to send light out to the rest of the world. By appreciating this, we can also get an explanation and understand what was the purpose of these cups and why they were upside down. Rabbeinu Bechai, or some pronounce Rabbeinu Bachia, explains that what was the purpose of these cups so he says, quote, this was a vessel that has a receptacle and its purpose is or to provide drink to quench thirst. And this actually is the remez. This is the, he says, this hints to the galgalim, the spheres that they receive. They receive the spiritual energy from on high and they are mashpia. They uh, deliver it to down here as energy into the world. And the emphasis over here in the Baha'i is the hashpa, the fact that they bestow it, the fact that they are giving. That means, think about it. What is the difference between a cup and let's say a bottle or a barrel? The purpose of a barrel or a, or a bottle is to store, to contain. It's a container. Whereas the purpose of a cup is to receive, not for the purpose of receiving and containing or storing, but rather its pretended purpose is to serve, to give, to be mashpia. And this is consistent with the above chazal that we said before, that the whole purpose of the menorah was to give, to be mashpia. And that's why one of the symbols on the menorah, as Rabbeinu Bechai explains, is the cup. But in a, the cup is a vessel that inherently is something not that's there to receive, but it's there to give. It's there to be mashpia. And according to this, says the Rebbe, will appreciate why the cups were an, an upside-down uh, um, manner. Why were they were placed this way on the Benoidah? Since the whole remez of the cup is to symbolize the idea that the Benoidah is there to give, to give the light and to give the hashpahs, Therefore, it was placed in such a manner, where the cup is in a downpouring, in a downward motion, symbolizing the fact that it is giving, that it's there to give from on high to down below. It says the Rebbe, the lesson from this, in our practically, that means a practical takeaway, in our Avedis Hashem, that when it comes to being mashpia on others, when it comes to teaching others, to working with others, one has to have, quote, 
a perachov, a wide mouth. That means it has to be a wide mouth towards the people that you're helping. What does it mean wide? That has to be broadness. Not to do it in a constrained manner. That you, and you have to invest all your energy and all your effort to make it really, really happen. And it has to be in a manner of infinity. It means you have to give and give. When it comes to yourself, things have to be done in a normal, measured manner. As we say in the Seder, Hishtal Shalos. And you have to be in an upright. That means you have to receive. You're working on yourself. So then the opening, so to speak, the receptacle part has to be facing upwards. You have to be receiving. But when it comes to giving to others, you have to give, go out of the realm of Seder Hishtal Shalos, so to speak. And you have to give and give and give. Now that Rebbe says, since we're talking about this diagram of the Rambam, there's another detail that stands out there, and that, that, that is very different than some of the other common uh, the, the depictions of the Benoira, and that is that the Rambam, the way he describes the Benoira, the stems coming out, that means the arms coming out from the middle stem, are all straight. They all go on an angle and they're straight. Whereas in many depictions elsewhere, they're round. You have round arms, or it's called chatzi eagle, like elbow-shaped type of rounds, uh, um, um, arms. And the question is, is this precise? In other words, when the Rambam made this, this uh, tzir, when the Rambam made this depiction, this diagram, did he just kind of save, so to speak, energy and just kind of quickly just made a straight line instead of making an accurate half circle as an arm? Or maybe this is precise and that Haman was giving us a message. He was delivering us a message that this is precisely the way it looked. The answer is that we have the testimony of the son of the Rambam. Rabbi Avram ben Harambam writes, quote, the six arms that come out from the main stem, from the main base of the menorah, going all the way up towards the head of the menorah, are all in a straight line, straight manner, like my father of blessed memory drew, not, he says, I'm still quoting him, not in a rounded manner like others tend to depict it. In fact, this is very consistent with what Rashi writes. When you look at our Parsha, where Rashi describes the, Gemara, the, 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 the Menorah, he writes the word, quote, Ba'alachsoin. Ba'alachsoin means on a slant. Straight on a slant. Straight going up, just in a crooked manner. Obviously, it's not straight up, it's on a slant. So from this, it comes out, very clear and obvious, that both according to the Rambam and Rashi, the stems of the Menorah were straight. Now, there is a leading authority on the Beis Hamikdash works, uh, this is from the Baal Mishas Chassidim, and the work is called Maisei Choyshev, that writes the following. He says that although, according to Rashi, it comes out certainly that it's not rounded arms, because Rashi says clearly Baal however, he says, according to the Rambam, it's almost certain that they were circular, that they were in a rounded shape. Why? This is his... This is his reasoning, because, quote, the Rambam in Sefer Hayad, or Sefer Mishnah Torah, does not mention the word Ba'alachso, he does not mention the word at an angle at all. And therefore, you must say that he doesn't hold like Rashi, because he didn't bother to 
say it. And that's his conclusion. However, the Rebbe says, with all due respect, but now that we have this diagram from the Rambam, that's authenticated by his son, so we know clearly this is the Rambam's handwriting. And this, the Rambam left, left us for prosperity to know exactly what the Menorah looked, that it's not that the Mishach Siddim is wrong. It's just had he been privy to this, had he been privy to this diagram of the Rambam, he would have not have drawn the conclusion that he draws. And therefore, one cannot rely on that. And one has to come to the conclusion that the correct shape of the Menorah is actually, as the Rebbe is making the point here, is straight on an angle. Says the Rebbe, therefore, it's very vital to be literally bring the crown back to its original glory. In other words, wherever one prints a depiction of the menorah, may it be on stationery, on children's books, or whatever it is, all kinds of placards, whatever it is, one should be sure, should make the effort to correct this and describe the menorah, in other words, depict the menorah in its correct form, which is straight arms coming out from the middle. Now, the question is, why is this so important? Big deal, so it's round, so it's straight. Why, this, why, why, why make a big deal out of it? So here are several reasons. Number one, what is the purpose when one depicts the menorah? What is the purpose of drawing the menorah, putting it on a stationery, putting it as part of a logo, an emblem? What is really the purpose? The real purpose is to replicate, to remind us about the menorah of the Beis HaMikdash, to give us that message that we are here to give light to the world. And of course, if that's the case, if you're depicting the Menorah, depict it correctly. Correct? Because you're trying to bring to the person's awareness, to remind the person of the original Noira, then you must remind them of the original Noira, the correct one. That's number one. Number two, which is perhaps even more compelling, is the fact that where, where is the source for a Menorah with round arms? So we all know it's Shar Titus. The Titus Arch in Rome. Why was this place constructed? What was this constructed for? When Titus came back with whatever he thought was the clay Hamikdash, they had some vessels in the base Hamikdash. And he defeated the Jews. They destroyed the base Hamikdash. And now, in his honor to celebrate his victory over the Jews, they constructed this big arch. And it says the Rebbe, they also, as we all know, that famous, that famous picture that there is also uh, an image of several soldiers carrying a menorah. Now, when you look at that menorah, it's very clear and obvious that it is not an accurate replica of the true menorah. It could have been just another candelabra hanging around the base of Mikdash. That's a separate discussion. And there's one thing that stands out very clearly, because we know that the menorah had three legs. This one did, does not. And there are other discrepancies. So it's very clear that this is not a correct and accurate depiction of the menorah. Moreover, here's another and most compelling reason. What was the purpose of that of that arc, arch? What was the purpose of it? Purpose of it is, like I said, to celebrate the victory of Titus over the Jews. In fact, there is an engraved line there that says, Judea Kafta, in Italian, which basically means Jews being held captive. That's what the description is. And in fact, it ever says over history, there were times when they actually forced Jews to come there and with their heads bowed to look at that wall to highlight the defeat of the Jewish people and how the Jews are in captivity. So it comes out from this 
that it that to describe the menorah, to draw the menorah in a manner that appears on that wall, is actually having the reverse effect of what should be intended in one um, this, uh, in one drawing the menorah or one printing a menorah on the stationery, what have you, because. What is the whole thing of, of, of printing it? What is the whole thing of putting it as part of your logo? Like I said before, to remind us about the power of the Menorah, the power of Am Yisrael, that we're here to, sh- to shine light on the whole world. And this, if you do it in a round manner, where that's the only source for it, and besides it being against Halacha's source, which is the true source, here you're actually, unfortunately, celebrating the defeat of the Jewish people, the opposite uh, intended effect. <clears throat> and the Rebbe says that therefore it's very, very important to make an effort to correct this, uh, th- th- this, this problem. Now the Rebbe concludes and he says, that very soon we should come, we should have the Geula, and then certainly we'll see the actual Menorah, it will actually, the actual real Menorah, and then we'll all be clear in the third day of Samikdash what the Menorah looks like, and Moshe and Aaron together with them to rekindle this Menorah.